You're listening to the Salty Sex Cast with Pamela and Mariah. Yeah, and what's puberty? The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Mariah. We were not on sync, Pamela. I'm but that's so okay. sorry. I okay. should have been looking in your eyes. Oh, and I deeply, deeply into, into your eyes. eyes. <laughs> that's okay. You're and forgiven. I fucked it up. Um, how are you? I'm great. How are our listeners? I'm so glad you guys are great too. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I don't have the coronavirus, so I mean, as far as I know, yeah. Uh, yeah so I'm doing of, better than some. Kind of in the middle of the you know social is- isolating um, time right now, and so you know, yeah. Welcome to the sal- salty sex cast. Yeah. You can listen to us. You got nothing in else your bedroom. To do. Woohoo! <laughs> right. Work is canceled. Um, school is canceled. And since, you know, everyone's stuck home for a few weeks, um, you know, there's a lot of jokes going around that there's going to be a big baby boom coming up. Oh, but there will be. Yeah, because, you know, sex is free. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's <laughs> readily available at uh-huh. home, typically, uh-huh. if you have a fun person that you <laughs> can do that with. Yeah. Um, but not for us. Not for me. That's that's all done and gone. Oh, the, the baby making. The baby making. Yeah. Right. So today's episode, we're going to talk about permanent birth control. Yes. That'll be interesting. This is the Salty Sex Cast, by the way. Yeah. Welcome. Yep. (laughs) No, sorry. Sorry, Mariah. That was an excellent segue into our topic. I know. And I totally didn't even introduce ourselves. And and that's okay. And, uh, but let's introduce Brady because we didn't do that last week. And I felt a little bad about that. So... Brady, say hello. This is our producer. Hi, guys. How goes it? Am I supposed to tell you about me? Sure. Tell us a little bit about you. I have a little bit of a background in radio. And when Mariah said she was doing a podcast, I fangirled. And I (laughs) fronted (laughs) the cash for the equipment to make it sound good, I guess. (laughs) That's great. And we are very grateful. And thus we had the... um, Texas Chainsaw Studio built. I'm just kidding. Yeah, the tech. I like that Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Studio. That, that, you know what? I might rename it that. I really, I really think you should. It is. Yeah. You know, and it's on farm property it, out here, out in, in the middle of nowhere. No yeah. streetlights. Yeah. But it's great. Yeah. yeah. In in a garage. Not a lot of sound pollution though, when because we're out here. That's true. So, That's yeah. true. You need That's to make great. sure to market it that you way. You really need to take a picture and post it. I, I okay. think I have one good picture. The, I should have put the foam on the other wall so I could stand over there and take the picture. And so we have one guest today, and uh, that is my husband. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi, Bert. Uh, and he is joining us because he has had a vasectomy. Yay. And mm-hmm. can can give his two cents on that. I have also been fixed. Oops. Yeah. I have not. I'm the only one here who who is still fertile, so <laughs> <laughs> I am going to be asking the questions today. It'll be fun to talk about. I think it was an easy thing for me to go get done because when I moved out here into farm country, there were a lot of like wild cats that all kind of have been dumped in the past, hmm. and nobody was doing anything about it except for one of my neighbors. She would catch them as she could, the males, and fix them in her house because she's a vet. And so I just started trapping cats and hauling them off to the <laughs> clinic that does like free feral cat colony yeah. maintenance program type stuff, right? 
so that there's no homeless pets in the world. Yeah. And so I was taking them in and having them permanently castrated or permanently, permanently birth controlled. (laughs) 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 Applying permanent birth control to these, these wild cats. And now Mm -hmm. there's like not very many cats left in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. You got one milk dud, you call him? Milk dud. Yeah. He likes to hang around the studio every once in a while. She. Kinda, she. Oh. Yeah. She. She. Well, I mean, don't feel bad because I didn't know any of the cat's genders when I took them in. And they were asking for names. And my favorite cat that ever got fixed was a she. And her name was Bob. Because <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't, like, check. Yeah. I think the term is neutered. Neutered. for fe- Neutered for females, right? No. Spade no. for males? Spade, Spade for, for females. females. Oh, Okay. And I just recently, we had another cat that we named Artemius, and he just got fixed. Hmm. Uh, by the Actually, I instead of trying to sign back up for the feral cat colony program, because I thought I got rid of them all, I took them to the neighbor. So where's the pet. feral people colony clinic so we can get this done for free? Because that was one thing that was, it's a decent expense for females to get. That's a fair point. What does it cost? What do you think the average cost is? What did, what did you pay with your so insurance and everything? I um, got fixed twice. That's what I like to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first time was um, I was pregnant with my third. And honestly, I, I we were going back and forth on even trying, you know, having another child. So we had our two boys. And... Um, and something kind of malfunctioned with my IUD. And so I was like, all right, we have to make this decision now. Are we getting this place back in? Or are, you know, we're going to try to have a baby. And But we know if we're going to have try to have a baby, we are done. Like And so this, we already went into this knowing that this was going to be our last baby. Mm-hmm. Told my doctor the whole entire pregnancy I want to be done after. So she was born um, in 2013. And they still were really, really pushing the eShore device um and this is what they look like two little spring type coils that they put up in your fallopian tubes and then your scar tissue grows around them blocking your tubes so then you become um so i was like okay so um, my doctor's like it's this really easy procedure you just come into the office you know it's kind of like getting your wisdom teeth out they put you under like that um and you'll go home that day and you might have some slight cramping you know, it's really, really... Is that the device? Yep, that's it. As you noticed when wow. you Googled it, all of the lawsuits that are going around. With yeah. It, sure? I yeah. just watched a documentary, I think, about those. Oh, okay. Oh, so you probably actually know more than I do. So I felt like I... W- and he was like, we don't... Because I was like, I want my tubes tied when I have her in the hospital. Mm. Um, and he was like, oh, we don't do that anymore. Because um, I went to like a like an OB, like where they had a bunch of different doctors. It was a... Yeah. Um, a group. Thank you. Like, what's the word? Mm-hmm. <laughs> group of physicians. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, we don't do that anymore. Um, this is more cost effective. Um, anyway, so you have this waiting period too that you're still fertile before your scar tissue grows. So um, I was a little bummed that they weren't going to do it like the day I had her yeah. in the hospital, and I could be like, I'm done. I know I'm yeah. done. He's like, oh, we like people to wait. You just never know. You don't want any rash de- decisions. I also was only um, 23 when I had her, and so she was my third baby, and they kind of like to wait till you're older and all these things. And so... um, Do you feel like that's pretty common for women to get pushback when they say, I don't want to be Huge pushback. Oh, we'll definitely talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. My wife gets that. Especially in Utah. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, went in. So after my after I had my daughter six weeks, and he was like, "Hey, we'll schedule this." Called my insurance, had it pre-approved, and then something. Um, I can't remember what happened. I think I got sick or something. So then they were like, "No, we got to put it off a little bit longer." Um, you know, like you want to be healthy kind of thing. So it was six months. She was six months old when I finally got it scheduled. And then insurance did this weird pushback and was like, yeah, no, that's not covered anymore. And I was like, what? what? I got a pre-approval letter already. Like, yeah. what's going on? So I had a call back and forth. It was just a nightmare between insurance. And I was like, this is permanent birth control. Wouldn't you be like handing that out left and right? right. Like, this is a lot cheaper for me to go through this procedure than for me to have popping out more kids. Right. Um, so I was frustrated. It was a nightmare. I'm still nursing my child. Um, so my mom's in like the, like takes me for this procedure in the waiting room with my daughter. Cause she's still nursing, you know? And so it's like, and she did not take anything but me. So that was frustrating. So it's like hurrying nurser, go under <laughs> nurser, like still groggy trying to come out. Um, but yeah, it was really, really easy as far as like, I had some slight spotting and then some cramping, but like nothing worse than like a normal period. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. Um, and it then you go back in for 90 days and they put a balloon inside your uterus with dye and they do um, an imaging. It's not an MRI. Uh, it's the radio. CT. No, it's where they see that you can see the dye. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a radio scan of some kind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then they want to see, you know, it, are they blocked or are they not? Well, um, this whole time I'm fighting with insurance, they said they won't follow, they won't pay for the follow-up exam. I'm like, that's part of the whole procedure. Like, how do I even know? I'm like sitting here like wondering. It's like getting stimped and snipped and then not knowing if you're still shooting blanks yet or not. Yeah. Radiographic? Doesn't sound familiar. But anyway, it was something okay. like that. It was some type of... Very uncomfortable, horrible experience of getting imaged because obviously there's no numbing involved. Like you're just yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, and it only worked on one side. So I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> this is frustrating. And I just forked over $500 for this imaging Jeez. because my insurance won't cover it. And now, so I was like, they're like, well, we suggest you wait another 90 days and then come back. And then maybe your, your, your scar tissue may have built up. So huge frustration i'm like i am so fertile <laughs> i know we're gonna get pregnant mm -hmm. and so i was like well maybe this is just you know nature saying that we should have more kids <laughs> nature doesn't get to say yeah um so i was like okay so we just kind of played this weird like russian roulette for two years and had a couple scares but i never got pregnant so i'm guessing it worked fully but this was the very first time I was also off of any type of hormonal birth control. And I hadn't realized how horrible my periods were going to be. Oh. How, um, and then I was already pissed with insurance not covering things and my doctor really pushing me into this procedure. And then right after the Esure procedure and just like the insurance, like just, it was such a mess. And I had such a bitter taste in my mouth over it. Not that I, like I was really happy that I felt like I was infertile. Like I was like, okay, kind of still scared. But, um, then all the lawsuits came out and they were saying like people were having really bad reactions. 
Um, they were like growing through the fallopian tube and getting attached to like other parts. Oh, geez. Um, they were like making their way down um, and just a horrible, horrible pain and weight gain and, and things like that. And I experienced all of those things. Wow. And so I was like, do I get a lawyer? Do I go try to get this removed? And then everybody was saying, because I joined a Facebook group for you know people who were had this procedure and they said the only way to get rid of it is a hysterectomy and then they you know during the hysterectomy they take their your tubes and so I was like okay well that sucks but then this whole process I had horrible horrible periods and I was like why do I even have a period anymore I don't need it yeah like this is frustrating um so three years after my daughter was born four years because I was 27 um, I finally went back into an OB or, or a gynecologist. Yeah. So I had no preventive care after that because I was just so burnt out with yeah. like doctors and yeah. so frustrating. And then found out that um, both my bladder and uterus were prolapsed, and that um, and then with the Eshore and all of that, they you know allowed me to get my hysterectomy and insurance covered it, which nice. was really nice because I had medical reason to need it. Um, so I got my bladder lift, got a vaginal hysterectomy, which, yeah, what is that? It's a little rough. So, um, this is where they go through vaginal opening. So there's not like, it's not the laparoscopic. Okay. Do you like my little hand motions uh-huh. that I have as you're moving tools inside <laughs> of a belly? Um, so it's not the lapros- laparoscopic. It's, um, they go through the vaginal opening. Um, they cut through your vaginal opening, almost like this, like, um, rainbow type incision. Okay. Pull everything out, inside out, cauterize it all, you know? So, like, there's obviously, um, you know, so you're not bleeding, and you don't just, like, cut it, and they don't suture it. Okay. Um, and then they stitch back up your, your vaginal opening and turn it back inside out and put it back in. Wow. Um, that is crazy. So that was just the hysterectomy part. And then um, the bladder lift was two incisions right on, like, my pubic bone, like, kind of where it starts to curve under. Mm-hmm. And they go through that, like, a somewhat laparoscopically tiny bit, I yeah, guess. Yeah. But um, it was brutal. And I highly underestimated the um, recovery time because it had been kind of a bit of um, – I was already in so much pain. I already really was like, I just want this good done yeah. because I'm already so burnt out on everything. Um, Brady's watching a video on how this is this vaginal hysterectomy is done. And so there they pull it out. So what was the recovery time? Um, I decided to do it during fall break for school. Cause oh, I'm like, geez. oh, that's a week. That's good. <laughs> Because my when I got my breast augmentation, I was like, oh, I was good within three days. Like, I could go drive yeah, and do yeah. things. No, 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 no. That's different. This is you're losing an organ. Yeah. Um, so I ended up getting – and then I tried to, like, drive around and tried to drive to school, um, which is an hour away oh, for, geez. like, grad school. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, really dumb on my part. Um, but ended up getting a bladder infection and a 
post-operative hematoma. So I was bleeding really, really bad going through pads like crazy. So that's what I was like, okay, this is more than just like the regular. Um, And you just, you only stay in the hospital overnight. Like it's not like a huge long recovery of when you're in the hospital. Do you feel like you're doctors downplayed the recovery or the the process because I had the same experience Mm -hmm. when I had a hernia repair Mm. they were just like oh just go in you know stitch that up you'll be good to go and I thought oh I'm like a week recovery right because they don't tell you and it took me how long was it Bert it was a lot of weeks two months yeah it was maybe like six weeks two months before I got better yeah um just i mean the blood loss like i mean you're you're just you're so weak and tired but then obviously there's you know sex rest because you just had this major surgery so i think they said 10 weeks of no sex six weeks or maybe it was 12 it was a really really long time yeah let's you know and i think i said we waited maybe two three weeks after we had kids before we had sex so this was the very longest span we've ever gone in our entire marriage Mm -hmm. without having sex um and it was really frustrating um because i wanted to but i was like i am still horrified i can still feel stitching yeah you know um, if you so, broke something open or um, yeah, and they were the dissolves. Or? They were supposed to be the stitches that dissolve. So yeah. one, I think the day that we were cleared, and I went to you know the doctor, mm-hmm. and I he said everything looks good. Um, and he's like, "Is your husband?" You know, teasing me. He's like, "Oh, is your husband waiting out in the car for you?" And I was like, "Pretty much." Yeah, <laughs> he's waiting for that green light for sure. Yeah. But that was the only time I really, really respected that, like yeah. sex rest. Um, it was fucking hell. It was. I was like, because oh, they re pretty much remake your vaginal opening at that point, and so I I was teasing my husband. I was like, I think they highly underestimated your size. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we should have made a cast and say um, this needs to fit, please, <laughs> and comfortably. I felt like I was a virgin for like first twenty times. We had sex afterwards. Wow. It's extremely uncomfortable. Do you think that might have had something to do with, like, residual swelling, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Or if it was just because, like, I mean, it's a major thing and all that scar tissue. And every once in a while, there's, like, a certain area kind of up in there and onto the side that I can tell that, like, if it gets hit, it's Mm -hmm. almost like that scar tissue, like, soreness. And I think that's what it's from. And now I will be honest again. I have not been to another follow-up doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. I should probably get my yearly exam. But, I mean, I don't have a cervix. Yeah. I don't have a uterus. Yeah. I still have my um, ovaries, though. Yeah. So that was something that I was like, yes, I do want to keep. If I have healthy ovaries, I don't want to have to go take synthetic hormones if I don't have to. Um, So that was something that, like, we decided to... Um, so then after they took, they took my uterus and they biopsy everything, and, you yeah. know, they go through all this cool stuff, which I would have loved to see it. I know mm-hmm. it's super weird, <laughs> but I would have loved to have been like, I'm just going to stand and watch you guys cut that open and do everything. <laughs> but, and then I was diagnosed with endometriosis because wow. they were like, we found all of that in there. And, um, but I just, because I had put it off for so long and then was on, some type of hormone birth control it didn't really 
like rear its ugly head and all those symptoms until I had the e-shore and was off everything. And then it was like, that explains so much of the heavy bleeding yeah. and the horrible, horrible cramping. And um, like our sex life was just completely killed. Cause I'm like, even, even if I was okay having sex on my period, which I always was really uncomfortable with, like mm. it just wasn't fun for me. Cause I am weird about messes. Um, it was, I was always in pain. And so like our sex life was like died for like three years it was really rough so I was really excited to be like okay that validated all the pain that I went through um you know and and kind of my frustrations on that with the endometriosis but I still get really really bad cramps and I always know when I'm ovulating and I know exactly which side I ovulate on yeah like but it it switches every month uh right so I can tell you which side it's going and like when I am um, just because the pain is still there, I'm like, it'll always kind of be like on my back and towards the side or something and then kind of come to the front and I'm like, oh, duh. Because I'll be like, oh, I'm like really hurting to him. Like, oh, I'm probably ovulating. <laughs> it's been a few weeks. That's why, you know, but so it's just really interesting. I'm really, really happy I got the hysterectomy and that they were able to validate all the like frustrations I had building up to it because I felt like that's why I didn't go to the doctor for so long I'm like am I just making a big deal out of all these things like I'm really I really am so happy with just my three kids so zero regrets on not being fertile anymore like I absolutely love that fact um but it was really brutal so I don't know and I had a friend who had a laparoscopic hysterectomy exactly a year before I did yeah she was kind of a reason that she was like go in go in go in mm-hmm. you know and I was like okay fine I'll go in um so she was one of the big reasons I went in so I'm like man her recovery seemed a lot easier than mine hmm. so but I don't know I guess shop around on the doctor I mean I know with my uh I think the bladder repair had to be with paired with a because I got a bladder sling um, with a vaginal hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. They had to open you up one way or the other, I think, with that. I can't remember, but I think that's why we went with that one. Yeah. But that's great. I can do jumping jacks now and pee my pants. So. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, so there's my story on, on that permanent birth control. It was expensive. I think we forked over um, four out of pocket no that doesn't seem right maybe it was only two grand Mm. because I'm like four grand's like a boob job I would have like more compared it to that yeah (laughs) (laughs) like it's having another boob job um so yeah it was it was still expensive um insurance didn't fight us as much as the with the e-shore and I'm glad that those are gone yeah and done they're causing a lot of people problems they're causing a lot of people problems um yeah so and I think they're still getting. Oh, um, they're getting sued. Yeah. No, yeah. I know they're getting sued, but I think there's still are doctors still. are still. Oh, doing they might them. be. Yeah. That's a good. Uh, so yeah. really, really look into it. I, I was sold on the brochure with it, and I was like, oh yeah, that does look easy. And then I was like, because the doctor, because I was like, well, maybe I don't want periods. And then he's like, well, you can always get an an ablation, hmm. where they put the you know the balloon of very very hot air or hot water. Sorry inside your uterus and it kind of like burns the lining so severely that you don't shed it anymore Jeez. um and so but that yeah, also this makes me this all makes me feel guilty mm-hmm. it should yeah i feel bad about being a guy right <laughs> how now how dare mm-hmm. you have a dick 
Um, I didn't mean to. Yeah. It just happened that uh, way. Yeah. I mean, so <laughs> not only was, okay, yay, now I'm not fertile anymore, but I also were, was able to solve a lot of other issues that I found out throughout the process. It was super painful, but I really just want to, like, encourage people to, like, if you're having problems, go in. Don't be like me and put it off for years. Go see your doctor. Because I could have saved myself years of just horrible discomfort. Yeah. But I don't know. No regrets now at all. Good. Yeah. So this really nice. This dollar amount's not really attached to a full-blown hysterectomy. But uh, Planned Parenthood says the cost of tubal uh, litigation. Ligation. 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 Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, can be anywhere between zero to six thousand dollars wow which i mean i guess they're not wrong but i don't know where they came up with the zero well i I think it's if your insurance pays for it right yeah maybe that's their talking about maybe personal responsibility yeah there are some services who people who um you are either homeless or are severely addicted to drugs or alcohol or you know kind of on the streets that type of thing Mm -hmm. that you can go get permanent birth control for low or no cost Wow, I didn't know those services existed. Yeah, so they... they I, have to see I we... wish I remembered the name of the organization, but it's obviously donation-based, you know? Yeah. But just, you know, because they wanted um, people to be more educated and um, not be bringing in, you know, innocence on kind of that life, I guess, that lifestyle. Yeah. So... Um, Especially with drug addicts, a lot of times they turn to selling sex to get their right. drugs. And so right. that can turn it in. But, um, yeah, so it wasn't terrible cost. I'm, I'm just bugged that I had to pay for permanent birth control twice. Right. No, that's understandable. <laughs> and, well, so, so Bert's vasectomy didn't cost us anything, right? That's correct. So I'm, I'm really curious to know if Brady's cost anything. I know that it cost my insurance company something. Well, I think I paid. You. I think I paid for my pay? prescription, uh-huh. the Valium. I think I paid for that. Okay. And then I paid the twenty-five dollar copay when I showed up. Oh my god! <laughs> so, and this is why I'm I'm really curious. Like, is is that true for most men? I that, bet it that is. they really don't have to pay for a vasectomy, but the most that I've but heard, women do, or is it just our insurance? I think it's. In, I mean, women's insurance is messed up compared to men's insurance. You guys are treated differently. You're treated. You're yeah. treated more we're, as a we're cost. Sli- slightly more complicated. Yeah. But I do feel like you know we get the brunt of that for sure, and we shouldn't have to. Yeah. It definitely should be more even. I mean, and there was another reason why we decided to have me get my tubes tied. Um, you know, with that first procedure, mm-hmm. than my husband because he's a hemophiliac, so his blood does not clot, so he poses a huge risk getting a vasectomy and so it was just going to be easier for me to get it done than it was him yeah i don't know at this point if it was <laughs> but it doesn't make sense to me that insurance wouldn't cover mm-hmm. in full um your procedure yeah because you're a woman i don't know it, i want to know if it's because you're it a d- woman or or if there are other extenuating cir- circumstances i'm not aware of but i think um but it, it you're right like it would save the money in the long run if you weren't having more babies yeah yeah or or having babies at all some people know that they just don't want to be parents yeah and and so 
I've heard that the rule is because I I've never asked. Obviously, I'm still Brady. Fertile. Look it up. But that I've heard that the, the rule here in, rule. in Utah is that the doctors won't, per, like they will refuse to perform hysterectomies or tubal ligations on women who are under 30 or and or have fewer than three children. Mm-hmm. It was already pretty hard for I don't me know if to that's, push it. I don't know if that's a rule. I don't, I'm not saying it is yeah. an official rule. I'm just saying that it's a standard they make it very very difficult um my sister does not want kids um and tried to get um i'm not sure which permanent birth control that she Mm -hmm. was going for but she wanted to be sterilized and um they told her she had to wait till after she was 30 yeah or um maybe it was 30 if you're married and then your spouse signs off or something and then it was 35 if you were single because you never know if you just might meet that one person that's going to convince you you all of a sudden want kids. So um, so Ma- disrespectful. Mm-hmm. It's just on verywellhealth.com I found a, an article from December 2019 and one of the citations and it says many doctors will not perform per, uh, permanent birth control procedure if you are younger than 30 or have no kids. This is based mainly on the research that shows that young women who have no children are more likely to end up regretting their permanent birth control procedure in the future. You know what? But there's times that... My doctor didn't really want to give me a vasectomy because my wife had never had children. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So maybe he, it does go both ways. Somewhat. Well, and I told I told him, I said, you do it or someone else will. <laughs> I'll find somebody. I would prefer to give you the money. Yeah. Or I'm going to start dropping off babies on your porch. <laughs> yeah. Well... Jamie wouldn't let me keep them anyways. She would have, she would have adopted them or found a black market or something, but (laughs) she, uh, uh, so we, I mean, instead of having like the consultation and then you go in and get the surgery done, we had like two or three consultations where Jamie came with me to the doctor and And we discussed it. Yeah. And then ultimately what I did was I had Jamie write me a letter that I put in my special documents that like, this is why I'm getting fixed, you know? And, so I need you to write a letter to you now, to you in the future. So if you ever come to me and say you regret me getting fixed, I'm going to hand you this letter and you read it. Yeah. So And the doctor was cool with that, and then he fixed me. How was your operation, and how were you post-op? Yeah, explain every element. So <laughs> it was pretty fun. <laughs> it was. I, that's why I said I feel really bad after hearing your story. I felt terrible because uh, I got high you know on they gave me prescription valium and so i took i took one and a half uh because they told me to take one before i got there and i was like that's probably not gonna be enough so i took one and a half <laughs> and then when i got there i got in the know best yeah well like you know they told me to bring the second one right to the operating room and i was like i'm not bringing it in you're not taking this from me so i took it like right when i got there the other half i was telling jokes the whole time like the doctor actually chastised me. He was like, "If you and your, if me, if you and the nurse don't stop giggling, I'm not gonna be able to do this properly. You need to stop it." Because <laughs> we were we were telling jokes, and I remember uh, I was gonna have someone hold up a mirror, but I was kind of stoned on Valium. I think it was Valium, and I forgot to ask for a mirror. But because you wanted to watch, I wanted to watch, oh. and they like held up the part, the little tube. They, yeah, part. They, they put them in little jars and sent them away for testing to make sure they got the right uh, material. And I purposely wore a, a Jurassic Park shirt. 
And so I'm like laying on the table in there, you know, and Jamie's watching and the nurses, the nurse thinks I'm hilarious. I still go to her, even though my doctor's retired. And, uh, I looked at her and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm wearing a, do you want to know why I'm wearing a uh, Jurassic park shirt? She was like, well, why is that? And I was like, all the animals on this park were engineered to be female. And I just laid back and giggled. And so she starts <laughs> laughing and she's like holding stuff for the doctor. And he's like, you two need to stop it. I'm trying to, this is delicate work. You know, I think the worst part of it was, is my left testicle is a little higher, right? than my right testicle. And so they had to pull a little harder to like get the slack or whatever they needed Ooh. to make the proper cuts. And, uh, that, felt like he was pulling on something in my lung on the left side yeah like it was way up there but it wasn't like it wasn't excruciating or anything it's just like oh you're making it hard to breathe you know (laughs) is what i said to the doctor (laughs) and he was and he even told me he was like i told you that side was going to be difficult you know you know but i want to make sure i get it yeah so yeah did you smell anything Uh, i did when they cauterized it Mm -hmm. yeah i don't I don't specific. I do remember thinking that it was like it smelled like food. Did it smell like you know food? fajitas when they're coming out of the the, the uh, it, I the hear the little sizzle yeah, of it walk by. I can't remember exactly <laughs> what it was that I thought, but I remember thinking that's really from it. Like that's I don't I want to say fajitas. <laughs> For a second, I was thinking bacon, but then I was like, yeah, it was probably a beef. It's probably a beef smell. <laughs> Plus, that sounds more manly. Lamb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> beef. I, I'd, I'd really like to know from a cannibal what human flesh tastes like. Pork. Doesn't Are it? you just guessing? No, I no. know. Or do you have... I've never eaten I know person, the but they call them long pork. Long Cannibals pork. called... When they eat people, they call it long pork. Mm, the other white meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised that you know that, Brady. I've so, read a lot of weird <laughs> things. So How Bert, about you? Bert, tell us about your experience. Yeah, so how it compares to Brady's. Like? How long ago was yours? How long has it been? couple of years yeah it also was, we got ours done about the same time then yeah it was yeah. after we moved to utah so could have been two three years ago. which is a good idea because living in utah results in a lot of kids it does yeah <laughs> notice something is in there. i don't remember getting <laughs> it's drugs. in the water i don't remember getting drugs before the procedure yeah i would gone in stone cold sober oh i would have gone in stone cold sober but they offered me the choice yeah i do have a recommendation for people though Go, don't just go to your family practitioner. Go ahead and see a urologist. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I think, didn't you find somebody who is like extremely highly recommended mm-hmm. by. Yeah. That's yeah, basically what like he great did. Great reviews. That's all that's he all did. That's all he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how, so you, you, you went in totally sober. Yep. Were you yeah. anxious? Um, I was a little anxious. I yeah. hadn't, cause I didn't know what to expect. Um, yeah. He kind of like your first tattoo. Yeah. I feel like he gave me, yeah. I feel like he gave me a couple of shots down there. That was mm-hmm. painful. Um, and then, like you said, during the procedure, I felt a few tugs. Mm-hmm. And that was not fun. Yeah. But, um, and then smelled the cauterization. And it didn't hurt really until the next day. What did it smell like to you? Hmm. Like Beef. A, like a <laughs> maybe rare something. I don't know. Yeah. Rare steak? Beef Wellington. Oh, beef Wellington? Beef. Filet mignon? I don't remember. Oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> I'm kind of hungry now. Now I want some beef Wellington. Well, where's the beef? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so <laughs> the, I remember the jock strap. 
though. Yeah. I, I wore that for way longer than they probably told me to. <laughs> that was probably the most awkward part for me was getting helped <clears throat> dressed. Yeah. Yeah. Did did Pamela help you get dressed? No. Maybe no. I don't I don't remember. No, I, I was out in the waiting room the whole time. Oh. I think I offered to come in yeah, with you, I, but I kinda wish you had been there now. You were like, No, I got this. Yeah. If you if you can get somebody in there with you, I think it probably is better. Yeah, the problem is when I have someone in there, I feel like I'm playing to a crowd. So, <laughs> I'm, so I'm cracking jokes the whole cracking. time. Yeah, yep. but that's good, right? That that's keeps you distracted. Yeah. It kept, distracted. It, yeah. I think um, I remember getting a shot in my scrotum for where they made the incision in my scrotum, mm-hmm. and then I remember I got shots in like the individual uh the vas right the, the mm-hmm. two so i got a shot in that one and then he pulled and started cutting and i remember the shots in the vas that was probably the most uncomfortable part and it wasn't really like a sharp pain it just felt like a lot of pressure yeah and you know like any kind of pressure in the wrong spot in the scrotum mm-hmm. areas like you're like oh you're filling my clavicle did your doctor ever say oops while he was doing the <laughs> procedure no well did yours I feel like he said oops once. Oh, jeez. That's awesome. That's not something you say during surgery. I feel like it's a running joke. Yeah. That they're supposed <laughs> to say that while they're giving you a vasectomy. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't work if they don't say oops. Uh-huh. <laughs> or maybe I'm just, maybe I dreamed it. I don't know. So what, what was the length of recovery for you guys? How, so how long after did you wait to have sex? Oh, sex? Mm-hmm. Um... Three or four days? I think that's what we waited. <laughs> yeah. Oh I think gosh. I masturbated that afternoon. Yeah. Oh, I think I waited to to have an orgasm at least three or four and days. And this is the part I remember. I was like, Bert, are you sure? Because I don't think this is such a great idea. I think he told you to wait a week, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's only a few more days. Like, just wait it out. And you were like, no, no, no. It'll be fine. I needed to make and sure it still worked. And then I remember you, you coming... And it was so painful. (laughs) Like, I mean, it was like pleasurable at first. And then you were like, ah, (laughs) and I was like, I told you so. Yeah. If anybody tells you they have sex the same day, I would question that. I don't think that I, I don't think that I could have. I was so paranoid about it. I don't think that I could have done sex, but I feel like I masturbated that afternoon. Or I may have still been in a hot bin high. Yeah, that's <laughs> totally so, possible. Our our friend yeah. uh, got a vasectomy, did not follow doctor's orders, was doing things like fire spinning and dancing oh, and having yeah. sex shortly after, and he Done he ended up, up in oh, the yeah. emergency room. <gasps> yep. Oh. Bert, did you notice that when you got, I would say like the three weeks maybe even longer after i got fixed my balls had no sort of like retraction to them you know like the shrivel effect when it cools down i couldn't get the things to tuck in if i tried oh that's interesting mine are about half the size now as they were before have you oh no like i think they're about the same size as they were before I mean, it would be awkward if I checked right now, but I feel like I feel like they're the same size now as they were before. But the weeks following, it wasn't that the size changed; 
it was like the elasticity of my scrotum had changed. Mm. And I had to tuck one in each sock hmm. to like get through work. <laughs> there was so much dangle to them wow. for like the next three weeks. Did well, you experience anything like that? Something similar. And honestly, I, I think it took close to a year before all I think you're right. Unusual it was a long time. Like, yeah, went away. Yeah, because I remember you having painful orgasms for a while afterwards, and re- just were really sensitive down there for like months. You know, the truth oh. is, but the the whole ball size change thing was the weirdest part to me. Mm. That like, and now they just look cute. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, I I don't mind because they make my dick look bigger. You know, that's well, good. It's, yeah, I like if that. you don't care, they're kind of in the way sometimes. Scrotox. Scrotox. Botox for your scrotum. (laughs) So they hang. That might be an after dark episode. Yeah, but it's a whole. Maybe I'll go get it done. I might. I might. Just for for us. Why would you want that? And then you've got to take your. For you. Thank you, Brady. Your. um, (laughs) Really, you don't have to. Well, I might might do it a little bit for me, too. But. Uh, Honestly, I think my orgasms are still different than they were before the procedure. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I never, I mean, I did, I feel like, so I, I went to a party at Mariah's and I got high-fived in the balls. And this was, when was that? Two weeks after? Uh, It was longer than that. It was longer than that. It was like five weeks after. And I got high-fived in the balls and, uh. Left immediately. I couldn't fucking breathe. Like my, so my testes were super sensitive to impact at that point. Mm Mm-hmm. How was your recovery process and like what when were when were you able to get back to like your normal life mm. of like lifting and work or whatever like go to gym exercise lifting at work or, had, or work I think it had to have been at least 3 months Oh wow It was long maybe 2 So I got snipped on a Friday laid on the couch with ice packs actually gave myself frostburn on my scrotum <laughs> uh and then went to work on Monday and I took it really easy, right? Monday, Tuesday. And then, like, on Wednesday, I was like, you know, I'm feeling okay. And uh, so Wednesday, I went full bore at, at work, which includes, like, picking up buckets of rock and sand when I was in the quality control department. And uh, I had to go home. Like, I debated whether or not I should get a ride. I needed to lay down. It hurt so bad. I, I tend to err on the side of caution. So I never had any issues. I felt so you're the smart one in the room is what yeah. you're telling us yeah, yeah. because yeah. I was like, oh, I'll drive to school. Um, but I then think, after. I, I think I laid in bed for a week. Oh. Just, you know, because. Well, because <laughs> I, I had a good excuse. Part of the reason uh, that we wanted to talk about this is there's a lot of guys that are reluctant or afraid to do it. And uh, some of the myths, and this is a question I've been asked too is one of the myths is that you won't be able to ejaculate. Oh, really? And the truth of it is, is if you can ejaculate before your vasectomy, you'll ejaculate after your vasectomy. And the ejaculatory fluid semen is made of the prostate and seminal vesicles, which are not cut during the vasectomy. Hmm. And less, a one, less than 1% of your overall ejaculate comes from your s- testes. Hmm. That are actually the sperm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Swimmers. Right. Yep. Yeah, uh-huh. and and just in general, I would say if if it's something you're considering for whatever reason, I personally I'm glad I did it. I was, yeah, I was just gonna Sounds ask like if you have any regrets. Easy. No, Cheap. I have no regrets. 
I mean, I was excited to have a partner who wanted me to get it done because mm. then I at least had a ride. Like, I didn't have to call Uber. Because <laughs> they give you, like, a time frame. They say, do you, did you ever have to go back in and test if you were completely shooting blanks? Yeah, did what you? What was that time frame? Bert? I don't think I ever You tested. were supposed to. I don't think oh, you I just ever never did. went back? Mm-mm. He's kind of like you in that sense. Just, mm-hmm. I didn't go back. Um, so my doctor said, he said, uh, I think he said 90 days or... 30 ejaculations so i was back in <laughs> three days yeah just like two weeks no uh i well i didn't want to like i didn't want them to know so i waited the full 90 days but i broke that and then um so what he told me to do was to have sex with a condom on and they gave me a sample cup and then he said just dump the condom out in mm-hmm. the in the cup and i was like i'm not doing that so i just Sounds like more work yeah than just jerk just jerk in up in the cup yeah that's what i did that's uh twice and then uh took it in because i wanted to be sure yeah and um why would make they sure my load looks manly why would they want you to do it that way that's very Large. weird i don't know if it had something to do with like the excitement level again i was going to a family practitioner who just like he did all kinds of medicine yeah that's why i would recommend probably in the future one of the things yeah definitely go to your urologist because one of the things that i read about was them using uh injecting sterile water up the part of your vas that's still like Mm -hmm. running to your prostate and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and then doing the sutures and that kills the sperm immediately so you're instantly sterile wow whereas uh, and that was like something I had just read about. And yeah. my doctor was like, I've never even heard anything like that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't, I'm just going to, which know, is not we, comforting yeah. to go into. Like, right. I've never practiced. Oh, <laughs> I've never heard of anyone doing that. <laughs> yeah. And so that's probably the only thing I would do different about the whole thing. Not that my doctor did a bad job and I don't know if it's cause scrotum is a terrible texture anyways, but I don't see any scarring. It still looks like a scrotum. <laughs> um, Maybe he picked a good spot, got it right on the seam. I don't know, but I can't tell. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> I just had a thought. It it, it would it makes it easier, I think, w- or would make it easier, I would imagine, for some men to think, oh, okay, well, now I can have unprotected sex. Um, and that is bullshit. Yeah, you're, you're not STD proof. Right. Yeah, you're definitely not STD proof. That's That's a very good, that's a great point. It doesn't protect you from STDs. Yeah, I I joked while we were while uh, with with my wife. She was because she was like, "Are you sure you want this done?" And I was like, "Well, I was gonna get it done with or without you. It was just nice to have a ride, you know." And then I cracked jokes about like, you know, I already I already have a beautiful daughter. So if anybody asks, like, I'm just gonna be like, "What's wrong with you?" Like, you know, we're trying. You want kids? We should try harder. You know, <laughs> I don't know what your problem is, but I that's mean, a and terrible that joke. That does happen though. Men getting it secretively. That does like happen behind a spouse's back or whatever. Which I don't understand how they do that. I mean, just hearing Bert and Brady's experience with it, it seems like they wouldn't be able to their hide it. Back, you know that there's already an unhealthy relationship anyway, yeah. and I'm sure they're not consistent yeah. with you know their sex life or anything. But I don't know. It just seems really shady, and um, you know it. We are in the month of March, and so typically they have like this March Madness type deal that you can go and get your vasectomy done. Seriously, and then you hang out and watch all the basketball, basketball? games. Jeez. Yeah, um, so I've they never heard of such a thing. Oh yeah, I don't like basketball, but cool. <laughs> but unfortunately, with COVID nineteen going around, oh yeah, 
You're out of luck, boys. <laughs> you could probably still go get your vasectomy. Yeah. But I really think it's a it's a very responsible thing to do. If yeah. you're done having kids, if you don't even want kids at all, it's completely fine. Like there's nothing wrong with not wanting kids. Yeah. You still can be a fatherly figure or a motherly figure in other people's lives. You can still be that part of like raising the next generation without having to be like a but you know what? If you don't even want to do that, you don't no, have to. No, no, not at all. I, I am so tired of, you know, hearing people say, and and a lot of this comes from religious communities where, like, um, that you have to help raise the next generation in Multiply some way. Like replenish you, the earth. Like, you, ha- you know, if you're not <laughs> able to have children, then, well, you could be a teacher or you could be oh. a great aunt or whatever. Yeah. And and then if you choose not to have children, well, you can, you know, have this relationship with your nieces and nephews or w- whatever it is. Like none well, of us should I feel don't. obligated to, to play that role if if it's not right for us. I just think no, that, not at all. Um, yeah. that pressure shouldn't exist. Part yeah. of, But you can still, if that you want to be a part of it and not have... Hell yeah. Kids. yeah. Hell yeah. Because I'm just trying to think of like my sister because my sister's like, I love being an aunt. Yeah. I want it to stop there. Yeah. I don't want to have my own kids. And so. If I never saw another four-year-old again, I don't think I would cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the reason I chose to get it done was that my wife had that same. She's like, I don't like kids. Mm-hmm. They're gross. They give you, they give you coronavirus. <laughs> You know, I mean, she didn't say that back then. I think we were talking about uh, swine flu back then or H1N1 or whatever. But uh, whatever the last plague was, Ebola? SARS. SARS, yeah. Uh, The other reason was that I knew that her getting her tubes tied was super invasive. More invasive than you getting. Yeah. And go ahead. Oh, no. Yeah, I was just saying it's way more invasive. Way more invasive. Than you getting a vasectomy. Yeah, and it sounds like super painful. The the recovery time is a lot longer and then I mean uh the idea of having to go in and get dye put inside me to make sure it wasn't work or it was working properly. It's just complicated and then, everything. There's oh, no it didn't easy. work. Come yeah. back. Yeah. And you're just like, "Uh." So, Pamela, you're still fertile. Fertile. What if you got pregnant, what would you do? At my age, mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly, I would get an abortion. No one wants a threesome, baby. <laughs> I don't. Do we want to take that out? <laughs> no, no, leave it in. I, look, I'll let you I edit it if you want to. Yeah. This is the sexy salt cast. <laughs> it's not though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. You can it's take that salty. out. It's the salty sex cast. You can take that out. Now I'm salty. You no, fucked up our name. For sure we're leaving that in. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be our next video clip for our, <laughs> our or like audio clip for our marketing. Yeah, anyway, we should save um, our outtakes. We should. Um, yeah, I honestly like I am at an age now where well so both of my partners are have been snipped um, so there's no fucking way it's going to be one of theirs and anybody else's I'm <laughs> even if it was one of theirs I don't know that I would want another baby like I just no my youngest is 13 going on 60 because um, he's just a he's little, an old soul. he's a little old man He's a grumpy, <laughs> curmudgeon <laughs> little old man, which I love. But, um, you know, like I haven't had a, a, 
a little kid in a long time and I just I don't want to I don't want to do it and my other partner Henry has a two almost three-year-old and a five-year-old and so I'm already doing the toddler thing again and I love it like I adore them Mm -hmm. but why like why would I add to the complication Well, and, I, and we had the episode of sex and pregnancy where I kind of shor- shared a bit of my story being pregnant. It was miserable. It's not that I don't. I mean, if I ever had the opportunity to raise another baby, I would have to cross that bridge when I got, came to it. I'm never going to say no um, or I can't say no right now. Um, yeah. But I am so happy that my body doesn't have to go through that hell. Yeah. I hated yeah. Pregnancy, pregnancy was so hard for me and childbirth was so hard and nursing, nursing was the was, only thing that like yeah. was like somewhat cuz you felt like you could provide that for them. Um but even then as constant as it was, it was kind of like ugh. But yeah, permanent birth control is great. Bert, have you ever considered going in and being retested? I mean, you didn't go in for the first test, but have you thought about have you thought about going back in to double check your sterility? No. Um, Pamela has always been extremely fertile. <clears throat> we didn't have to try hard with, well, very hard with any of our three children. Mm-hmm. And it's been years now, and I'm sure we've had lots of sex when she was ovulating. <laughs> yes, we have. Every time I go to the She's airport, like, I think about <laughs> getting checked again for sterility. Yeah, every time I go to the airport. Why the airport? Because other people's children. Is that the only uh, time you're around other people's children at yeah. the airport? Well, it's just yeah. an un Well, other people's situation. young children. So the last time I was at the airport, there was a child being chased by its parents, and I watched it reach into its own pants, grab shit, and throw it at them in the <laughs> airport. And I told a Jamie, and I was like, I think I'm going to go get a second vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> or at least an ultrasound or some kind of a check to make sure that this is. And, and that's the thing is I don't have to go in for the kind of ultrasound you had. Mm-hmm. I can just, you know, get a cup. Yeah. A little Dixie cup. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so okay. I just wondered if you'd ever thought about. And then mm. the last thing I'd like to ask about is your bruising. Did you notice any awesome bruising? There was some bruising. <coughs> just a little bit? A little bit. There wasn't uh, a lot. And, you know, actually, since you bring it up, I do have another partner. And she is very fertile still as well, as far as I know. Um. And she has not gotten pregnant. Oh, okay. That's a good test. Good yeah. test. <laughs> my my bruising, uh, it looked like I used my dick for a lightning rod. No kidding. Yeah. And I don't know if it was because I laid with my feet up. All the blood. I think injury. it's because you went to your general practitioner to get the procedure done. Yeah. Because he, I think that he just didn't have reti- experience. I think, I think you might be right. And he also retired like three weeks after I got it done. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he, I wonder why you had bruising and I didn't. Well, That's, because of what I just said. Yeah, I, I think that your guy was just very experienced and practiced at um, preventing that from happening. Yeah. Do you remember any bruising? I don't remember. You had very little bruising. I have I have a, a phone. I'm going to find it, and I'm going to get it fixed. It's sitting in this drawer. I have the phone. I know where it's at. I just got to get it fixed so I can get the pictures out of it. Mm-hmm. And I'll show you guys some edited pictures I, of my bruising. I Would you? Mm-hmm. God, thank you, Brady. I won't sleep until I was you just, do. I was just sitting here thinking, <laughs> God, I, I wish I could have seen that in person, but at least photographic evidence. <laughs> we should make of it part Brady's of our Patreon balls. page. You get Brady's bruised yeah. balls. For $1,000, you get to go on a date with Pamela and Mariah, and you get a photo album of my bruised balls. <laughs> um, and so. Patreon. 
with the Patreon if you Ooh. want the Brady's Blue Bulls. I'm or not. I'm throwing it in there. That is optional because consent is a thing. They weren't blue. They were all kinds of colors. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bruised. <laughs> Bruised is what I was trying to think of. Anyway, we have our Patreon page, and this is where you can be part of our community, not just be able to listen to us every week, but you get bonus episodes and um, video content of what we have putting out. Um, we have all sorts of different levels, so if you just want to a little bit, to be just a little bit more sexy, you can, or you can be super, super sexy and go Ooh. to our... Um, so like, I think our highest level is taking Pamela out on a dinner date. Um, Pamela and Mariah. Yes. That's a one-time donation for a thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Worth it. Yeah. I've spent time with those two. <laughs> um, and then we have, uh, we think you're hot Patreon level and that's a hundred dollars a month. Um, you get a video strip tease by Brady. Worth it. Um, I will provide a health and wellness coaching session. Um, (laughs) And you even get to submit an application to be a guest. So if this is something, if you have something you'd really, really love to share to the world, it's a great level to promote. Um, We have our VIP Patreon. That's only $50 a month. You get personal photos and cards that's sent out. Um, You get to be part of our virtual monthly party. So lots of fun things. Um, Brady, will you scroll up? Because then we have $25 level. Um, again, this is more digital content. I will share with you my Mariah's Magic Margaritas, which oh my Brady God. likes to call. Because mm. mm, yeah. all those Mariah's ends. Magical Margaritas, or as I call them. Mm. Yes. So this is the recipe that friends have fought over. and Yes, they have. And fucked over. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then we have our $5 a month. Um, you're going to get after dark episodes and video content. We get a, we'll do live Q and A's, all sorts of fun things. Um, but if all of those things are still out of your range, but you want to still help support us and the message that we pull, bring out with salt and, or oh my gosh, salty sex cast, salty sex cast, um, is just $3 a month. So it's affordable. Okay, stay sexy, guys. And salty. Bye. Yeah, and what's puberty? Puberty? Well, puberty's a lot of things. Here's the piece. When you hear about it first, it sounds very strange. Oh, if it really bothers you, you should see a doctor. Then at puberty, certain glands begin to work, and our bodies begin to change. It enlarges the penis itself, and there's a center opening between those two, which is called the vagina. The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help.